Okay, so nice Wednesday afternoon. Get started uh, talking about a podcast, or not uh, talking about a podcast. Starting another podcast with a really great topic today is what I wanted to say. So thanks so much for tuning in. This is Rachel Vo, and today we have our guest back. I don't know, I don't even know what, what, it's not a guest (laughs) per se. Yeah, yeah, primarily it'll be 90% joining up anyway so jess anderson is back to join us with our podcast today and we decided that we wanted to talk a little bit about baby mamas today so whether you are in a relationship with somebody currently who has children from a previous relationship if you yourself is a baby mama um that's what we're gonna talk about we both have experience in this department um, and thought that maybe it would be a really good topic to bring up if you are considering dating somebody that has children or if you are currently struggling in a relationship with somebody that has children, whether that's because it's bringing some stress to your relationship or you're having a hard time with the other parents. We're going to talk about it all. We're going to cover it all. So I think that we could probably begin by just sharing what our current exposure is to the baby mama. Yeah. And I, and the, you know, that's just for the title of this podcast, obviously. I don't want anybody to think that it's like specific to that. Obviously, there's going to be well, yeah. babies, daddies, but just the, the terminology when you use it like that, I think sets a precedence. Mm-hmm. And that's just for fun. We want to talk about having bonus children, stepchildren, having a relationship with somebody who has a past with somebody else and it's still in their life. That's the gist of it. Yes. Okay, cool. All right. So why don't you tell them a little bit about what you got going on first? Okay. So I have been in a relationship with a man for the last like year year and a half and he has two biological children with his ex-wife and they were together for about 10 years and she has had a son from a previous relationship before him so she has three children and so now I get to be the lovely bonus mom to 2.5 children because I call my boyfriend's stepson my half child (laughs) Um, but I love them all equally and it's been a a, a great change in my life going from being super single two years ago and having no children in my life and no relationship in my life to now I have a relationship and children you have it all and a baby mama yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's fun yeah and how long have they been divorced uh legally they've only been divorced for nine months um and how long have they been separated separated for two years but legally finally so he and I had been dating for a few months for about six months before their divorce went through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I always think to me, it's really the separation date yeah. is more important because the disillusion of the marriage has already begun. Exactly. It's the piece of paper in the eyes of the law. So that's what I, it always interests me a little bit more, which is irrelevant. But okay. So for myself, I I was trying to think and I, I believe that my husband is the only person that I have dated that had children, mm-hmm. uh, which makes a lot of sense because even when I was like in between with my or my previous long-term relationship like I just I dated stupid boys in between is what I was trying to say okay so my husband and I have been together for seven years oh yeah. my god we've been uh been together for seven we have been married for like about six months now yeah. um which is crazy but he had a son from a previous marriage I had a son from a previous relationship and now we have baby Olivia who's not a baby anymore together um my ex and I were together for 12 years and my son was five when we parted ways and 
for my husband. He was married for, I, it was approximately 10 years. I never really remember, to be honest. I think they were, they, they were together for a long time though, mm-hmm. because they were together before they were married for quite a while. And he was divorced for almost two years, I believe, when we first got together. So his son was six and my son was five. Yeah, so... I love that the boys are so close in age. Yeah, it really... It worked out perfectly, I I believe. I think Cole would have done terribly with a little sibling because he would have been a brat and a boss, and he still is, but he needed somebody older than him and it's perfect that Q is just the sweetest individual because it it softens Cole Mm -hmm. and he needs that like if he would have had a a meaner big brother then I think I would be in a lot more trouble yeah yeah because they would have just exasperated what Cole does now Mm -hmm. so yes I'm incredibly grateful for that as well um that's been quite a long journey which would be another podcast for another day and I also need permission from yeah from people to talk a little bit more about him okay so um, we have some bullet points we wanted to talk about uh hopefully it kind of encompasses a lot of things like we talked about previously so the first thing i think we need to kind of ease into it (laughs) uh and start with how do you even begin well i'm gonna let you talk well well i guess we both can but talking about dating somebody with children first because this is great that you and i both have a the opposite ends of the spectrum Mm -hmm. you have zero biological children so you brought no children to the relationship Mm -hmm. when you first started dating so tell me a little bit more about that so it's funny well i think it's funny because now i believe it's the universe intervened a lot in our relationship because prior to meeting brett and we met on a dating app we Mm -hmm. met on bumble which this is not an ad but shout out to bumble because it is a female friendly dating app if you are looking for one boop boop um but we met on Bumble and he had pictures of his kids in his profile. He had like, he was very open and honest about being in the middle of a divorce and that he had kids and everything. And I had this unspoken rule with myself that I just would never date anyone with kids because my parents were divorced and both remarried and both like, so now they have theirs, mine and ours kind of children situation. And I have nine siblings across everybody. And it's just, it was too much. It was too much stress. I saw how much, Uh, baby mama drama that my mom had and my dad had and I just I didn't want that Mm -hmm. and so the fact that I stumbled across his profile something his smile okay so what was it this yeah it was his smile and like something about I was just like wow like he was really honest and like upfront and you don't find that a lot on dating apps and like there's always that chance that oh he could just be full of himself kind of thing yeah but we started talking and like that night it just went really well and within a week we had met in person and within two weeks we were officially dating so and now a year later like we're happy as happy could be and we're talking about marriage and future and babies and things so it's it's crazy to me that the universe was just like hey you said no kids exactly and you, all the all the universe heard was kids exactly <laughs> i said i don't want i don't want stepchildren and they're like oh stepchildren I'll yeah it's exactly and that's how the way the universe works you should have just said i want to be I want to. I want to be just with my partner forever, and yeah. that was it. But no, you did it. You brought it to yourself. I did. Um, so no children. So what is it like for you as somebody who doesn't have the traditional maternal experience to ease into having children? Uh, well, I think that I do have a unique situation just because I have a lot of nieces and nephews and and godchildren. And my best friend, when we were nineteen, she had a kid, and baby daddy wasn't in the picture, and so she and I were living together. So I kind of filled that role for the first year of my goddaughter's life Yeah, and got to do all of the The baby stuff. stuff. Uh And so I feel like I've always had kind of like a nurturing mentality. You know, my parents got divorced at a young age and I helped take care of my younger and older siblings. And so coming into a relationship with kids, 
I feel like it, it wasn't you weren't completely unprepared yeah, it, yeah like I have a lot of life experience even though I'm you know relatively young like I still have a lot of experience with children mm-hmm. so I knew how to act and I I drew from a lot from things that my parents in my eyes did wrong mm-hmm. like a lot of the hate that they brought into their relationships and a lot of anger that they brought towards the step parents um like my dad towards my stepdad those kind of things and I was just like I don't want that for anyone's kids let alone my future children mm-hmm. so I just made sure that coming into the gate like I tried to be as respectful as possible to everyone involved and tried to take things slow and was very open and honest with my boyfriend about like I don't want to step on anyone's toes I don't want to do things the wrong way I want to if we're going to be together if we're going to date and hopefully get married someday I want to make sure that we we start things off right and we're not having to go back and try and redo things yeah. because we messed them up in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. For for me, I would say like it was um I thought it was going to be easier in terms of transitioning yeah. because it's like I have I've got kids, so mm-hmm. this should be Right. Easy peasy, but maybe that is actually the leg where it's more difficult because you're already coming from a household where your child has expectations. Mm-hmm. You've also been raising a child the way that you've been raising a child. This person is going to have different methods. They're going right. to have different disciplines. They're going to have everything's going to be different, even though it's the same. Yeah. We're still raising tiny humans. So that, that was that, well, I mean, it was that, that was it was surprising to me that I found it more difficult than it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but that <laughs> it was a different person who. At that time, but, I mean, that's yeah. all I have to say. It was a different person. So um, I came into the relationship. I mean, I think here was the problem, and you can you can tell me if this. And this is I think well, it's true of anybody, almost anybody. If you because if you are not at peace in a good relationship with your your ex, mm-hmm. the vision that you're going to give to your partner is that person is terrible, yeah. terrible. Like um, they they were they weren't newly divorced, but I, I mean there there was a lot of. I think is still raw emotion there between both mm-hmm. of them as far as I could tell. And so the impression I got of her was not good, but that was also should have been my job to take with a grain of salt. But I mean, I was in love with this person. Yeah. And of course, you know, you, you want to support them in every aspect that they are. So, um, I, I still remember like the first time I met her and it was, it was just completely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't in the best setting. I don't think. Which is bizarre because it was at a child's soccer game. But, like, just the atmosphere should have been more neutral, I think. It was at his soccer game. And not because, like, it was threatening. It was because it should have just been about meeting each other. It shouldn't have been at his soccer game. It should have been, like, a space for us to get to know each other and speak. But that also comes back to that person. And at the time, like, like, again, I already had this preconceived notion of who she was, so... Her introduction, she she prompted to me, which was surprising. I didn't expect that. And she was kind when she introduced herself. But, of course, I already had this. Yeah. And insecure Rachel was already like, had, I know that this exactly. bitch does not care who I am. Like you had a, a picture painted in your head yeah, already. So yeah. So thought that her intentions were false. Yes. And I think that was also a societal view of an ex-wife mm-hmm. and how I was supposed to be thinking about that relationship as well. Like, that wasn't something that was promoted even seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, people getting along with their new persons or whatever. At least majority of the time, that's what you hear about. So... Well, that's funny because <sighs> I, met, I met the ex, Brett's ex, at their daughter's birthday party. And so it was at the ex's house mm-hmm. in the address. We, we lived here in Lincoln. 
Um, and at the time she was living down there. So we went to her house and with all of her friends and her family. Right. And I'm literally, I was literally just sitting on a chair and like, and basically in the corner, just like shaking the whole time because I was so nervous. Yeah. Because this was the first time we were meeting and her family seemed very open to like asking me questions. And I think it, it, it helped that that her family really likes Brett and like sure. really it was upset that she was the one that asked for the divorce because they didn't really know what was going on behind closed doors kind of things. But so they were, they were very open and welcoming and that was nice, but mm-hmm. I could tell that she was very unnerved and she was very like angry almost at them for, which is normal, which is normal. Yeah. And I don't hold that against her, but I, I actually reached out to her first. How it all happened was that, um, she couldn't get a hold of him and he had the kids one day. So she reached, she found me on Facebook. She knew we were dating because we had made it public on Facebook. She'd reached out to, to me just to see if I could get a hold of him for her. And I just was like, I'm sorry, I'm at work. I'm not with him. I don't know where he's at kind of thing. And then I said, hey, I, you know, I don't know if you'd be open to the idea. Cause this was, this was like just after I had met the kids. Like I had, like I, had, I think I was about to move in with him mm-hmm. um, because we moved in relatively fast but anyways um i said i don't know how if you would be open to the idea but i would really like the chance to get to meet you in person because if the roles were reversed i would want to know who was spending time with my kids on the weekend Mm. and i tried to make it very like you know i would like to meet you so that you know who i am you can get to know me better ask me any questions that you have kind of like i was trying to be very open and like level the playing field there's no like unanswered questions kind of thing and she made it very clear she sent me back kind of like a novel response that was basically just I took it very rude at the time, you know, I have no desire to meet you. I think that it's wrong that my ex is bringing kids in and out of the, or bringing women in and out of the kids' life. And I don't, like basically it was, I don't think you guys are gonna be get together for long. Why waste my time? Mm-hmm. I don't wanna, I don't wanna know you. Yeah. And so I, you know, tried to take it with, with empathy and sympathy and was like, okay, like this is the new woman coming in. She probably doesn't feel comfortable. It's fine. Well, about a week after that, um, we had to go to her to pick up one of the kids for, um, for an overnight or something. And it was unplanned. It was kind of a spontaneous thing. I wasn't supposed to be with him. And so when he went in to get the kids, I stayed in the car. And when he went in, he mentioned that I was in the vehicle and she was just like, Oh, well, why doesn't she come in and say hi? And so he comes out and was like, Hey, do you want to go in and meet her? And after oh, like a week earlier, she had sent me this novel yeah. text message about mm, don't bother. Don't come around. So I was just like, I politely said, I don't feel comfortable going in. I don't want her to feel like I'm forcing myself on her. And to this day, she holds that against me. She's like, I thought you were so snooty for not coming in and introducing yourself when I asked you to. And I was just like, less than seven days prior, you told me to keep my distance. So I didn't, I felt like I was overstepping if I would have taken that opportunity to go say hi or whatever. Um, So yeah, so we, we met a couple months later in person at her daughter's birthday party and it's been rocky ever since. Yes. But you guys still do communicate mm. with each other. You still speak to each other. Well, mm. like in necessary moments. In necessary moments. Um, we got to a place over the this last summer where we were communicating really well with each other. Um, obviously, it wasn't like we were texting each other about like, oh, how was your day kind of things. But I was, I volunteered to be their daycare, their childcare over the summer. So that on the weeks that Brett and I had the kids, he had to work still. So I would stay home with the kids. But on the weeks she had the children, she still had to work. And instead of paying for childcare, which Brett would be responsible for paying half of anyways, I just volunteered my time and said, I would love to spend time with the kids on your weeks, you know, the ex's weeks. And so I had the kids a lot and she and I had to do child swaps a lot without Brett being around. And so it got to a point where we were comfortable talking to each other about like common interests, you know, about veganism and, and different things like that when we did child swaps. Like it wasn't just a, 
hear the kids goodbye, get out of my house. It was right. like, oh, come in, sit down, let's talk. Like, you know, she updated me about her dating life and things like that. And it felt really comfortable. And then something happened a couple months ago that I, she feels that I overstepped a boundary mm-hmm. and maybe I did. And she, she shut down. She's, she's closed off all so communication. So since then she has. Yeah. She, yeah. and she, she flat out told me to, to not communicate with her unless it's an emergency about the children mm. when the children are in my care. She doesn't want to hear from me. So yeah. Well, and that's kind of the part that I think that we need to delve more into in my opinion, because on the counter side, like in seven years, we've said maybe five sentences to each other. Mm-hmm. And it's been majority of the time that there is a place for me. And it's been well, well marked as in like she's made it clear mm-hmm. that I I am who I am which in my opinion like the the, the image is I'm the stepmom mm-hmm. and stepmoms mean less and I, I see that from a, a very normal perspective yeah. from a mom who feels threatened which I feel like you can say that because I know how that feels mm-hmm. uh, my ex has dated and is dating you know but it I don't ever feel like I was given an opportunity yeah. And in the beginning, I wasn't open to an opportunity anyway. Like, I didn't really have any desire to hang out with her, see her, or whatever. But it was also, like, it, everything is just so inconvenient when that bridge between us is not available. Mm-hmm. Like, Tony and my ex, easily, they don't text and they don't talk to each other. But they're very cordial and they're respectful. And there's no reason not to be. Yeah, They have no intersection between each other. And neither do her, her and I. But that's the problem is they can do, they can arrange pickups between each other. Tony will take him over there. They'll swap, you know, karate nights or whatever to take the kids. But her and I, it's just, it's just non-existent. And yeah. it's, it's frustrating um, because there, there have been things said about me. There have been um, very poignant instances where I was made known, like, you shouldn't be a part of his life and not like it was never directly said like it just for an instance like for like emergency contact I feel like I can say this because this is factual it's mm-hmm. nothing emotionally tied I emotionally tied I was listed as an emergency contact and I was removed and it wouldn't have been as bitter mm-hmm. except for the fact that the people that were added were three hours away yeah so it's like that's intentional like if it's, yeah. there is an emergency for your child where I am local and I work from home and you put somebody three hours away, you just want me to know that you don't want me to be a priority in his life. And I will say that the saddest part about that, in my opinion, is that that drives a wedge between me and the relationship that I have with mm-hmm. my bonus son subconsciously. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I shouldn't get close to him because I'm not supposed to get close to him. And that not only is an insecurity of mine, but because I don't know what he's being fed about me. Mm-hmm. And just because it just then it goes back to that classical stepmom stepson role that she's conditioning for me. Yeah. So that takes so much out of my own ego that I have to step back and go, I have to make this about my relationship with him and nothing to do with her. Yeah. Um, which is sad because I feel like, I mean, I know where she's coming from as a hurt mother. Mm-hmm. I, I get that, but uh, like, it's just, it's, it's exhausting because it makes it so much more difficult for my partner. That's, I think, what is the most stressful. Well, yeah. And right now, like, I, now that I've seen that, like, we had a time when we had really good communication, like, I miss that. And I feel like I've tried to get back to that place because I, like, I've tried to put my ego aside, you know, in the instance when she thought that I had overstepped in the moment, I stood my ground and said, nope, I didn't, 
you know, if I, like, I've talked about it with Brett, you know, who's the common denominator between the, you and I, he says that I ha- I didn't overstep, that you're blowing this out of proportion. Like maybe you should apologize because she came at me very threatening mm-hmm. and very hostile. And I told her that that was not okay and that I would not accept that. And so now that it's been a couple of months and I'm like, wow, like if I would have just apologized for, you know, her you perception of yes, you going exactly, over the boundary exactly. is her perception. Yeah. Her, yes. And it's, you know, I've come to a place now where apologizing for things that you didn't do wrong, it's not you admitting defeat. It's or that you were that or you that were you're wrong. wrong. No, it's I am sorry that you were hurt by this. I'm, yes, it was not my intention to do so, and that's all my response needed to have been. And I I went above and beyond like giving her explanations you, about how I wasn't. Yeah, because you were trying to defend yourself. Yes. Yeah. And so now that there is zero communication with her and I, and I I see how much it sucks because like. For example, on this last Monday, the kids were out of school and they were in my care and she was texting Brett, how are the kids? When can I pick up the kids? Blah, blah, blah. And he was at work. So he didn't message her back. And it would have been very simple for her to just message me. That's the the same thing. It's the same thing. She will want to drop stuff off here. And I work from home, which she knows. And then I will see her in my driveway. But I'm like, I didn't even know she was coming by because she... Text Tony and won't text me. Yeah. And again, it's just like, it's it's not that it matters that you're dropping things by. Now at this point, you know, it's just, it is what it is. But it's yeah. just the, the bizarre notion that we have to try to act like we have to hate each other. We yeah. have to act like we could never get along. And all that it comes down to and boils down to is we both want the best for your child. Mm-hmm. And you don't think I do. So in your mind... You're going to make me out to be the bad guy. 100%. Yeah. And I understand why you feel that way. But me loving your child in a positive manner is not bad. And I'm not trying to replace you. And I might have in the past. I never never looked at it as trying to replace ever. Mm -hmm. But I can understand where I was on a pedestal in terms of, well, if you want to play that kind of game, Mm -hmm. I can try to make him like me more than, you know, whatever. But... Oh, yeah. Thankfully, you know, that that it didn't ever get to that point. But it's just like that only fosters that mentality. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't. And for me, like, you know, especially with what I do for a living with trying to empower people and trying to get them living their best life or whatever. That's so unbelievably bizarre and frustrating to me that I can't find a common ground or a way. But I think part of that's also because of my partner and not in a bad way. It's just his mentality is like it's never going to change. So why bother? And yeah. I'm like. But we've said that about things before. Mm -hmm. And I've said that about other people before. Uh, But he's right in terms of like, as much as anybody else's personal development, you can't want it for them. She's going to have to come to something that says, I'm okay with that. And I believe him when we, you know, when he says that there's a, there's a tiny, tiny, tiny chance that that will ever happen. Like what's going to need to happen for her to say, oh, it's not so bad. Or I'm open to talking or having that conversation. And I don't know what that will ever be or if it will, but the only thing I can do is hope for the best. Right. Well, I think if I could say one thing about the whole replacing mentality, like you feel like the other woman's replacing you or trying to replace you. Mm -hmm. If there's anyone listening that, you know, your ex is dating someone new and is sharing the children with that, that person new, Brett's kids are four and seven and 12 and all they do when they're with me is talk about how much they miss their mom and how much like they they miss doing x with mom or mom did this with them and like for the first couple of months it hurt like yeah like, because i felt like oh i'll never be they don't, or they don't want to be here with me exactly they uh-huh. don't want to be here with me i'll be never i'm like the story i'm telling myself is that they don't talk about me when they're with mom so like i don't matter i'm just a, like i'm just a placeholder i'm just literally just babysitting them until they go back to their mom but 
I made the decision early, early on because of my past and because of my history with my parents being so negative towards each other that I was not going to ever say anything bad about the kids mm. or change the subject if they were talking about their mom because kids pick up on that kind of stuff. Like if you never want to talk about their mom, they know they're going to pick up that there's yeah. something wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anytime they say, oh, I miss mom, you know, my responses are always, oh, I, I know she misses you too. Mom, you know, but mom's at work. Mom has to work today. So you're, you're going to Yeah, it's never like, well, you're here with me and yeah. I'm providing this movie and exactly. popcorn and exactly. yeah. I, yeah. And so it's one of those things that if you are the parent, if you are the mom, and there's a bonus mom involved or a girlfriend involved of your ex, like give them some some space to know that they are probably not as evil or out to replace you as it may seem because it's really, really hard to replace a mom yeah. in, in a child's heart. Well, like, when it, it really yeah, is. when it's a good mom. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, yeah. that shouldn't be the desire anyways. But that, and I think at the end of the day, what it will boil down to for anybody, anybody that has that potential threat, quote unquote, is that both people have to realize that you're acting out of a place of fear. Mm -hmm. One is fearful that you will lose your child to somebody else. And like you had just said, it's a silly fear yeah. because unless you are a crappy person and a crappy mom, that person will never compare to the person that gave you birth. Like it's yeah. just it's yeah. off the table. But on the flip side, the other person's coming from a place of fear too, fear of acceptance and mm -hmm. fear of being good enough oh. and 100% being viewed some way by that other person. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm, I have acted out of fear, like fear that the ex-wife won't accept me being around her children because I'm, I know from experience that if mom and stepmom can get along mm -hmm. and be f and be genuinely happy for each other mm -hmm. in the presence of the children, the, the children are going to be happy and, and feel comfortable coming to talk to mom about things and stepmom about things. And neither is wrong. Yeah. Like, like if, if they're afraid to talk to mom about something, but they come to talk to stepmom about it, that's not the worst thing in the world. The worst thing in the world is that they don't talk to anybody about it. Right. And then they bottle up those things and feel alone in the world. Yeah, yeah. And so I just, I've acted out of fear because I'm afraid that that the ex-wife will never get back to a place of communication or acceptance of me. And I definitely have got, kind of tried to do the people pleasing mm -hmm. and the, well, I'll just say yes to everything she wants. Yes, 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 yes. That way she'll like me and that way she'll respect me. And I've come full circle into the point of now I'm realizing no, that just makes me look like a kiss ass. That makes me look like I'm just trying to please her to make her like me. And I don't want someone to like me just because I'm doing everything that they're asking me to do. I want them to like me because I'm a good person. Right. And because I have the best intentions in every aspect of this relationship. Yeah. Whether it's wishing her well or making sure that her children are taken care of. Yes. Or they become productive, happy people. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because I fully recognize that, you know, I my intentions with being it part of this family because I am part of this family now is that this is my forever family. Mm -hmm. This this may not be the traditional way to start a family or the way that I ever dreamed of that I would start a family, but I've found my forever partner. I've found my bonus children and I'm I feel blessed to be in their life because they are amazing little human beings and I fully understand and respect that half of them is her and that it took her and my partner to parent them together to this point yeah. for them to be, you know, an amazing four-year-old with like outrageous personality. And she's going to be an amazing movie star one day. <laughs> um, and, and a really smart seven-year-old who has faced a lot of so like um, getting over a lot of like social and mental um, roadblocks in his life already and in, in his short life, but he's, he, he's amazingly smart. And when he's provided the right, 
environment yep. he he flourishes. Yeah. And so I recognize that that wasn't by accident. That wasn't just, you know, the universe saying, oh, this cool kid's cool. That took two parents parenting mm-hmm. and now there's a third parent. And yeah. I feel I feel lucky to be part of that team and I wish that's what she knew. I wish yeah. that that's what she would understand is that I don't want to be here to replace you or to tell you that you did a bad job. I see that you've done a good job and yeah. I want to help you keep doing a good job. Yeah, that's really deep and insightful because mine's nothing like that. <laughs> it's really not and I wish that it was. Um, it, it's so hard because it's just like, I think that from a coaching perspective, I just see a broken, hurt person. And I'm sure. And, and your, your ex-wife? It, in my, in his ex. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, my my husband is the one that initiated it. So mm-hmm. I don't know if, I, I, I would have to say that that's part of it, right? Like That she's broken, heartbroken. That yeah. She, that he was the one that left. Yeah. And this is, this is from him. So I, I would have to say that, you know. It's got to, it's as factual as it can be, but the, you know, he said it, she would absolutely say things like within the first year after they, well, you left us. Mm-hmm. So this is like, that's your punishment is you yeah. left us. So I'm going to, I'm going to act this way. So I would suspect that based on the reason that they divorce, that she is obviously hurt from previous trauma or yeah. shelteredness or something like that. And I don't know because I don't know anything about her, but that's the, the struggle bus for me is that from other instances, I, it's not it's not specific to us, I don't think. Yeah. And that's what I think is more sad for me is that I wish that she could know that there was a, a different way, even just for her own personal happiness. Even if she decided that she don't like me, like I'm not fun and I'm not cool, that she just thought I could be happy. Because, I mean, here's what I do know is that she's not in a relationship. Or she hasn't been in a relationship for a long period of time since we, we've been together for seven years. And that's the quite ironic thing is that she's been in more relationships. So that's that ego side that's like, I could be so terrible and be like, you do the things that you would think that a stepmom would be torn apart for. Mm -hmm. You've had several relationships. You've had men living with you. And I never once honestly like cared. Like I didn't care about those kinds of things. But if I were to do those things, I would have been massacred. Yeah. Which obviously wouldn't result in the relationship I have. But it's the same thing. Like if the if the mirror was held up. Yeah. And so I I don't even know what I would say if she gave me an opportunity. Like I've said to Tony, like I, I would like to sit down with her. And I would like to say those types of things to her. And would it matter? I don't know. But what would I want her to know? I don't, I don't know. Except for the fact that. I just need you to know that whatever it was that you thought or what idea that you had, which could have been accurate or not, it doesn't matter. What matters is that I've grown as an individual and my sole purpose for your son is to support him and make sure that he knows that he is always loved and that it doesn't matter which house he's in, Mm -hmm. that he will be treated the same. And I hope that that's what you want for me. And if not, then tell me what you think that I should be doing because I I would like to hear your side and perspective and then don't get mad at me if I disagree. Right. Oh, and that's a big thing for me is that it's okay not to agree on everything. Right. And We're two different people. Exactly. But I think that there's a very healthy way, and this is for any relationship in the world, like there's a very healthy way to voice your opinion, hear and listen to someone else's opinion. If what they say makes sense, you can alter yours. Oh my God, and you yeah. can change your opinion. Yeah. You're allowed to do that. But if you, you know, are you... If you are set in your ways or if you think that you're still right, quote unquote, uh, 
you don't have to bend over backwards for somebody and just agree with them, just make them happy. And you also don't have to get angry at them if they don't want to change their point of view to match yours. Right. As long as everybody's okay. Yeah. That's the, that's the, that's the biggest takeaway about, like you said, for anything is there's so many different ways to do things, but we all just think our way is the way. Yeah. And it's so difficult. Like I've had, I've had a real hard time trying to like decipher, like how do you get that message across to people more fully because my very first therapist when I was in couples counseling would tell my ex and that I that all the time what you say and what you say are not wrong they're just different but of course my egomaniac brain was saying but my way's better yeah and I think that everybody does that mm-hmm. um, because it's what you know. And that's the, that's, that's the power struggle it has over you because it's always what you've known. It may be what your parents taught you or your teachers taught you or some authoritative figure. But that is the powerful thing about everything in life is that there may be several ways to do them. And what if it's more efficient? And what if it's more kind? And what if it's more productive? Why is it wrong to say, yeah, I can adapt that to my life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. People are afraid of change. <sighs> they are afraid of change. Um but when what's not working is not working, it's time to reevaluate because that's the definition of insanity. Right? But that's mm. oh, that's getting outside of your comfort zone. I know. So much personal development. In that, I but. know. I know. Oh, stars. Well, okay. So another thing that we have here, uh, well, let's talk about setting boundaries then. So how do you set, let's talk about yours first since you've had some communication. How do you go about setting boundaries with somebody, especially when you were the one coming into the mix so an interesting point or i guess like something that i had to point out to her i had to voice something like i had to be open and honest with her was that you know they were separated on their way to divorce i was in the mix they have kids together but she was still calling him at all hours of the night and expecting him to answer and initially most of the phone the majority of the phone calls would be about the kids but then they would slowly leak into something going on in her personal life that she needed help with or she had questions about she just wanted to vent about and she still viewed my then boyfriend you know my boyfriend as her person even though she was the one that had asked him for a divorce had asked him to move out had asked whatever she was getting into our time like she was in my mind she was crossing a boundary of she wasn't respecting that we were having a relationship we like that time after 10 o'clock like there's no reason to call your ex-husband at 11:30 at night to talk about your relationship problems nah. like, that's a boundary and so i had to tell her that that i was not comfortable with her doing that because that's the fact i am the one that's not comfortable with it my boyfriend would you know voice his frustration or like roll his eyes with me but he wasn't telling her to stop yeah. so i was just very politely said hey I think it's awesome that you guys still communicate and that you guys get along really well, but just know that it's not acceptable as with me being part of the relationship. It's not okay. That crosses a boundary. That's, that's not respectful to me. Mm -hmm. And she also would call my boyfriend while he was at work, blow up his phone, text him, call him about little things that could have very, like were not emergencies were things that most of the time did have to do with the kids but he was not allowed to have his phone on him when he was at work. And so she would keep blowing up his phone, keep blowing up his phone. So he would duck behind a corner and call her back because he thought, oh shit, it's an emergency. And then it's, no, what time are you picking up the kids tomorrow? Mm. Okay, well, this is a conversation that could have waited until after I was off at work. And so there was a day or two that he would call me on his lunch break, just frustrated that he, she had been blowing up his phone all day. And so I just very, I was just very polite. I was just like, asked her because he was not the one doing it. He should have, he was not. And so I just put it in perspective. He could lose his job because of you, because you keep doing this. Please respect him enough to not do that anymore. That's He can't have his phone on him. You're not calling about emergencies. You're not prioritizing his job. And 
I, I didn't do it in the nicest way because I was basically just, if he loses his job, he can't pay child support and that takes money out of your pocket. So stop calling him unless it's an emergency during work hours. You, his work is Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. If it's an emergency, call him. If it's not, wait until 5.05. Mm-hmm. Wait until he is out of work to have those conversations with him. And so I just, the first step for me was just being open and honest instead of burying down those feelings of frustration and you know, venting to my boyfriend and listening to him vent to me, I finally was just like, somebody needs to clue her in that those boundaries in our mind are being crossed. Well, and I think that's what's important to talk about is like, like you said, it was important to the two of you Mm -hmm. and it's natural for the emotion to come up that she's overstepping, that Mm -hmm. she's, because let's be real, the overstepping feels like a threat, right? Yeah, like whether Oh yeah, 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 it did. Yeah. I felt like, I felt like she was trying to win him back. Yeah, felt like she was trying to like, assert her dominance right. and that my relationship with him didn't matter right kind of thing. exactly and either I mean subconsciously or consciously she could have been we mm-hmm. were never gonna yeah, know we'll never know we'll never know but that is um it's important because what she doesn't know she doesn't know yeah so until you like you had said until I tell her this, this yeah. is how I feel about this particular thing then once once you know you can't unknow yeah well and the other the really important thing in personal development that I've learned that's important with anyone setting boundaries is that boundaries are imaginary lines they are not the same for every person. Mm-hmm. They are 100% unique to you as an in- individual. So like my boundary and your boundary are completely different yes. with everything, yes. with, with how people talk to you, with how people message you, with when right. they message you. Well, because you just said the thing about the ex and I'm like, eh, my ex has called me at 1130 before. Like, right? does, yeah. my, does my partner appreciate it? No, no. but like exactly. it's not normal, but it's it does. Not, yeah, exactly. And, and to so, me, but it's like, it's whatever. Yes. Yeah. And so it's uncomfortable to be that open and that vulnerable right. with my boyfriend's ex-wife and tell her I fe- basically what I told Your her insecurity is, is I feel threatened yeah, by yeah. you calling at 1130 at night when he and I are trying to have intimate time mm-hmm. and he answers the phone because he's programmed to you're the mother of my children is it an I'm, emergency is it an emergency I'm going to answer the phone right because in our minds or my mind in his mind I should say it's not normal to call up your ex whom you left and ask them personal advice about moving in with a new guy or seeing a new guy, whatever. Right, and that's why it makes sense for your relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And so, if you're trying to set boundaries with anyone in your life, especially you know an ex-wife or a new girlfriend, you just you have to be willing to be vulnerable. And yeah, she could have used that information against against me, like. Oh, Jess just told me that she she thinks that I'm trying to get Brett back. Ooh, now I'm gonna play on those insecurities and I'm gonna make yeah. her feel threatened. Yeah. But in reality, once I opened up about them, it, for you it, the power's gone. For me, the power's gone. Yeah. Because now I'm not in my own head making it a bigger issue, blowing it out of proportion. I've said my piece. I've been open. I've been vulnerable. But now it nobody can hold that against me because, yeah, you're right. I I do feel threatened. I did feel threatened because now. In my own head, I've moved forward in personal development and I've started to realize that that was, in my situation, that fear was illogical. Yeah. Like my partner and I have such a strong bond and he has voiced things about that rela- his ex relationship that he would never want to go back to a relationship of that kind mm-hmm. that now I'm like, yeah, there's no, there's no reason for me to feel that insecure. Yeah, you know, that, now that you say that too, and I wonder sometimes if that's why I feel more secure in my relationship with my husband. I've never felt threatened that yeah. he would, that was ever going to be a problem. I never have. And I wonder, like, this is, again, like, I, I have, a, like, I have a giant insecurity that she's going to hear this someday and be like, see, I knew this bitch was a bitch. But I wonder if it's, it worked out. You know, we are married. We, we've been together for seven years. When he told her that I was pregnant, she didn't even respond. 
which yeah. is that's okay but it wasn't it wasn't to say haha we're having a baby obviously it was hey we need we need you to know we're having a baby and we need to tell Q yeah and nothing like no input like you don't do you, is there a certain way that you feel comfortable we talk about this like we want to make sure our child feels like he's not being replaced none of that none of that just nothing so I sometimes wonder if that's what it is you know and now like so, like I used to be even insecure about her like coming to my house because I'm like oh, it's so, so tiny and so was I yeah it, it, but it, the stupidest thing about that is I lived in that house before he lived with me so it was yeah. perfect for Cole and for me but yeah she'd pull up and I'd be like super like oh my god like I'm sure she's judging my yard is like there's no grass in it yeah. and then we get here you know we've moved into a bigger space that is great for us and it's, it's double the size that we had and it's not a, like a haha it's just I wonder if it's just now now you know now they're married now they have this baby now they're in this house and that's ego that's ego yeah. but but it's also concern like I, I just need you to know that I understand that that happened between the two of you so it's very similar to you recognizing that she raised good children mm-hmm. to me it's recognizing I know you had a past with this man and let's be honest I know this man's a catch like I love him dearly and I'm so sorry that things had to fall apart for you guys for me to find this happiness oh, yeah. and it, it, oh, that makes me a little emotional because it's like, if you had what I had, I under, I would, I, I, or if the worlds were reversed, I could understand that. So, well, and I jokingly, the, Brett's ex-wife and I sat down, have sat down for coffee. Like we had an uncomfortable um, co-trick-or-treating, like the three of us as parents trick-or-treated with our kids. And it was very uncomfortable because she felt like I was overstepping by holding hands with the kids and things like that anyways um she invited me to sit down with co- for coffee later that week so that we could talk it out and be open and vulnerable on both sides of things and get past her feelings of insecurity with that and so i shared vulnerable she shared vulnerables i kind of forgot where i was going we were talking about like oh in the houses yeah, yeah yeah um but she, anyways she had she had shared that she felt uncomfortable being in my apartment and i was just kind of like well, I feel uncomfortable when you come in and you sit down and you're there for a half an hour and when Brett's not there and I feel like, I was like, I feel like that was kind of like a power move. Like you were coming into my space and you were telling me that it doesn't matter that you've never lived here, but that, you know, part of this apartment is yours because your kids live here kind of mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, I actually had shared that insecurity with Brett before I had shared it with her and he opened his mouth and said something about, oh, well, Jess doesn't want you in our apartment. And I don't know how exactly he voiced it to her, but that's how she interpreted it. Mm-hmm. And so I figured out that he had told her because the next time she came over, she like the kids were like, come here, mom, come to my bedroom. And I'm sitting on the couch. And so the ex-wife was like, well, is that okay with dad? Is that okay with Jess? Am I allowed into the apartment? And I was just like, motherfucker, he told uh-huh. her that I don't feel comfortable. But it was, it was more of her energy coming into the apartment felt very, like I was insecure. So I was interpreting her energy coming into the apartment as her trying to Help assert dominance. Yeah. yeah. And I was very insecure about that. Mm-hmm. Now it's when she comes into the apartment, I don't even like, I, this is weird to say, but I don't even register her energy anymore. Like, That's good though. It means neutrality. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like when she comes in, I don't get butterflies in my stomach. I don't get nervous. Right. I'm because like, every time hey. her and I are in the same room, you can feel the tension. Oh yeah. It's, it's like, ugh, like the last time we were in a room together was the emergency room for her son. And all I was doing was bringing Olivia in to say hello. That was <laughs> it. And it still, like the physical body reaction that happens, like the nerves, like the, I don't sweat, but the feeling before you do start sweating, yeah. like it's just, it sucks. It, it sucks. And people don't, some people don't agree or believe that everything has energy and vibration, but 
that's the proof to me when you can walk into a room and feel oh, yeah. it's just thick. It's terrible. Well, and I feel like now, because, you know, Monday was the last time that I had any interaction with, you know, Brett's ex-wife and she came to pick up the kids and I could tell that her mood was very like angry or still like upset, hurt, whatever her feeling is. And I tried to be more open and more, you know, I've, I've reached out to her a couple of times trying to be like, here's my peace offering. Can we move past this? Can we give back to the, com- the communication that we used to have and not feel so edge on, on edge with each other? Yeah. And I feel like I've finally come to a place where I feel neutral. Like yeah. I've, I've given my peace offering. Same. I've, I've said what I can. I can't change your mind or Same. your opinion, but I can still tell that she feels off. Right. Like right. I don't, I don't That's, feel. You're yeah. where I'm at. Yeah. I yeah. don't feel an imbalance. Yeah. The room. Yeah. I can tell that she has some tension with me, but I've kind of just snipped the cord on my end. And I do agree with that. Like, I would say, like, the tension is there, but her and I have less resolve than you you two do. But my, like, because of personal development, because of my secure, because of my security in my relationship first, which was always there, Mm -hmm. but then my own self-worth, I, like I used to like dread going to anything related to oh, yeah. seeing her and now I don't care mm-hmm. now I don't care like that that again that's that extension of empathy like I'm sorry that you still have those feelings and yeah. but it doesn't have to be that way so this to be honest like this topic for us well like this is not where I wanted it to go it was more needed to be of like a support system in terms oh, yeah, of yeah. don't be afraid of like dating somebody with kids but the the bigger truth of it is that it won't matter what your intention is. Like if you go in, I'm going to be the best person I can be. I'm going to be the most respectful because you're only one person to control. So the other person, my hips are sorry. That's, no, no, no like I was just saying, yeah, acrobatics. Yeah, the for couch. the for the other person, that that unfortunately leaves the control, and that's what they're after anyway. And yeah. so it's in their core. So don't be afraid to date people with children is what I want to say because oh no, it, it's the most rewarding thing. And it's an amazing it's, reward. Yeah, it's just, it will take a lot of personal growth and it will take a lot of patience. At the end of the day, it takes a lot of empathy. Oh, yeah. A lot of empathy to see that person as a human and see that person for more than the crazy ex. Oh, yeah. And honestly, like, <laughs> there's a lot of things that I look back on even the last year, because, I mean, it's only been a year and a half. Like, I cringe when I realize, like, how I, re- how I yeah. acted in situations and yeah. how I reacted in certain things. And it's all personal. It's all personal development that's helped me get to this point of understanding and empathy, yeah. and realizing that it's okay not to be the favorite. It's okay not to be liked by everyone. It's okay not to be perfect in her eyes. Like I was so in. Honestly, I was so insecure because she's a beautiful woman, and I was afraid that since she was the one that left the marriage, that she, she held was, the cards. That she held yeah. the cards, and that if she asked for my boyfriend back, he would go running back to her. And so it was to the point where. I would put on a full face of makeup, even if she was just coming to pick up the kids. I would go get dressed and look super nice, oh, yeah. even if she was just coming to pick up the you kids. You don't even want to know what I wore to that that soccer game <laughs> oh, yeah. the first time. Like the kids, the kids have made comments. Like they would literally be like, "Why are you, you putting on makeup? Yeah. Where are you going? Like yeah. what are you doing?" And I would be like, "I've got lunch plans. Like it's, <laughs> it's fine. Five o'clock. It's, it's yeah. fine. Like I'm just gonna go drink wine by myself. And yeah, cry. it's fine. But now it's to a point where I feel so secure in my relationship because that's that's that was the first step is. Becoming like personal development within yourself, becoming secure in your relationship, and then just having empathy for the other person. Yeah. So now I literally roll out of bed and she comes to pick up the kids and I don't have a bra on. I'm wearing sweatpants and a t-shirt and like I'm just like, yeah, this is how I normally look. And because that's the truth anyway the truth. It for is. everybody else on planet Earth too. It is. And so like there was like a slight petty side of me that was just kind of like, if like if you are jealous that I'm having a relationship with your ex-husband, just know that 
This, this is, is what he gets. This is the base, <laughs> this is the base that he chose. So, yeah. like, you know, there's no makeup, like, bags under my eyes, hair to so ponytail. So, maybe you'll feel better when you leave. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, you're welcome. Uh, yeah. Well, that was good. Like, uh, I just obviously just deep breathed all yeah. that energy out. Um, but I would say like, for anybody out there that is considering dating somebody or if you already are and you feel like you're struggle busing, feel free to reach out to myself or Anderson. We'd be more than happy to talk. We, we have such a gamut of a spectrum that we could really pretty much hit wherever you feel like you're at mm-hmm. in those terms. So um, I'm going to let Anderson plug herself real quick before we get this wrapped up. Where can people find your information and stuff about you? Well, I have been Anderson today and I am with Photos with Anderson. You can find me at photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook, Photos with Anderson. I also have a super secret private group for women 18 and older if you are interested in boudoir photography, which if you don't know what boudoir is, it is more intimate, lingerie, sexy naked photos that make you feel super confident about yourself um, and that is just a private group on Facebook called Boudoir Photos with Anderson so I look forward to adding everyone to the group whoop, whoop. excellent yeah we want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast for a good girl's guide today you can find this page on Facebook as well uh, follow these podcasts through Spotify or wherever podcasts are not sold but listened <laughs> and then as well there's a private group on Facebook through the VIP page if you would like some intimacy wellness and education please let me know and I can get you a private invite to that or email me any time at a good girl's guide to at gmail so anderson thanks so much for your time and out and talking about this uh i just spilled my water all over the floor perfect timing to the end of a podcast okay all right well i hope you all have a good fantastic wednesday and we will be back soon with another podcast so tune in later see you later bye-bye